Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. My name is Mike Abendroth. And for the longest time on Wednesdays, we had special guests. And then I don't know what happened. Uh, Crossway used to send me free books and other companies, and then I'd have to read the book, and then I'd have to interview the person. And now I want to read what I want to read, so I usually don't have guests on anymore. But today is an exception, because I have a friend, Joshua Banks, on today, No Compromise Radio Ministry, and we're going to learn about Joshua and his ministry and what the Lord has done in his life. So without further ado, Joshua Banks, Pastor Banks, welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, I haven't been called sir all day, but I don't think I've talked to anybody but my (laughs) wife. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, Joshua, before we get into your ministry, tell our listeners how we met. We met at the Master Seminary. Um, the first time we met, you were um, assigned to me uh, to critique one of my sermons. And so our first meeting together was uh, was over a Skype call after you had <laughs> um, after you had examined one of my, my sermons there and um, and I, I still tell everyone about that uh, about that first time us meeting because it was very helpful for me, uh, very enlightening for sure, and the way you went about it as well was uh, very entertaining for for me and for my wife who was listening. <laughs> you didn't tell me she was listening. Shame on you. Was I was I, right? I, I hope I was nice. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. We we had started out with just some. Uh, just some small talk, you know, and um, and then you had said something, and, and I started laughing, and then uh, you said, uh, there it is, and I, and I kind of stopped for a moment, wondering what you was referring to, and you said, has anyone told you that you have a nice smile, and I'm like, uh, sort of, you know, and you said, I just saw you 45 minutes with this stern look on your face throughout this entire sermon. And it's refreshing to see you smile. <laughs> 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 and uh, so you had asked me uh, what I took to the pulpit. And uh, at the time, I was taking a full manuscript. And you had said, do you think it would be inappropriate to put some little smiley faces throughout your manuscript to remind you to ease off, let your people have a break before you assault them again? <laughs> Go well, that was very helpful. <laughs> Joshua, I know men like you because I am a man like you, and I regularly have to say to myself, I should probably smile when I talk about grace and forgiveness and the Lord Jesus and His resurrection, but probably with you, I'm so concerned about fidelity to the text and making sure I don't make a mistake that I get so focused and I'm concentrated on my task that I forget to tell my face. So I write mm-hmm. smiley faces down in my sermon notes too. <laughs> well, I, it, it was a very, very helpful for me because there are so many, so many times I can look back and see that I'm supposed to be preaching about something wonderful like God's grace and God's love and and like you said, it, it's it's not registering on my face, you know, that this is good news. And and so now I'm I'm very, very conscious of it now, like this is good news, and I need to let my people know that this is good news. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's probably one of the benefits of getting a doctorate of ministry in preaching, because you have to, if you only had to read 50 books and got critiqued a couple times, that would even be beneficial for us as preachers, right? Yes, sir. So, Joshua, tell us a little bit about your ministry now. 
You are the pastor, pastor-teacher at Shepherd's Rock Bible Church. Tell us a little bit about the ministry there. We had started in 2012, and we were a new church plant. And myself and, and some other families, we started together, and uh, we've been moving, uh, you know, just trying to continually uh, grow in our knowledge of God and, our, and the grace of God, expository preaching, of course. Um, and so the everything is, as far as the church, is always uh, grounded in, revolving around, you know, always founded upon the Word of God everything that we do and try to do. And, and there were some times throughout the years in which um, we went through some very tough times. Um, we started out wrong and we, 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 you know, as far as, I guess I should explain that we, we started out, you know, just very similar to how uh, we were before, as far as the previous churches we were in with, you know, rock and music and various things like that. And, uh, and so we went through a very, uh, very big growth period of coming to understand, you know, the true nature of worship, what worship, worship is supposed to be, so, you know, founded upon the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to be the emphasis of everything, including what we sing. And I remember while I was out at the seminary, um, Alistair Begg, when he was out there, he had told us that we have no more right to sing a lie than we do to preach a lie. And so we really did an overhaul um as far as our music, and so everything that we try to do now is is all saturated with scripture, um, the praying, the singing, the, the preaching, and we're just trying to do as every other Bible-believing church is make disciples and and grow together. Sounds wonderful. Uh, if our listeners want to get online and get to the website, then you can find pod, uh, uh, sermon audio links there as well. You can go to shepherdsrock.org. And by the way, I'm on the leadership page right now, Josh, and it shows a picture of you, hands folded, mm-hmm. sitting on the platform there with a huge smile. <laughs> so good See, see, it works. <laughs> I know. That is so wonderful. You know, sometimes we're so afraid of smiling Joe Osteen that we think, oh, we can't <laughs> smile. I was telling someone the other day that I think early on in the ministry here, Josh, I focused more on God's holiness and His righteousness and His anger against sin more than grace and love and other things. And, of course, it's good to preach about uh, God's zeal for His own name and His holiness and all those things, and I would never want to minimize those. But I don't want to also minimize the love of God in Christ Jesus, and I, th- I think I think maybe I pushed back against evangelical culture that so talked about the love of God in this ambiguous way, and that He just love, 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 and there's no other attributes, that I think I, I, I reacted. And so now I'm trying to balance out you know, what I teach. Speaking of which, tell our mm-hmm. listeners why do you think a sequential verse-by-verse Bible preaching, expository preaching, helps in that regard to make sure we're teaching everything that we <clears throat> ought to teach? I think one of the first things is when you do sequential expository preaching, you're going, you're going through the book as it was intended to be read, as it was intended to be understood, and so you're taking the congregation with you on on that journey as you begin in chapter one verse one and then the next week you're you're in the next set of verses and so they see how how the thought 
is is moving through the book by the author, and uh, that's one, that's the first thing that that I think is important to see when you're when you're jumping from text to text. You always, at least for me, I have to kind of backtrack and bring everybody up to speed as to where we're at here for this particular verse to put everything in context. But if you're preaching through a book, the context is has been with your your congregation since you began in the book. And so the, you don't have to spend so much time bringing everybody up to speed as you can dealing with the text on that particular Sunday or you know Wednesday. And when you do sequential preaching, you have to deal with the text. And so as, as a pastor, you know, you're growing from it, of course, for every study that you're doing in the Word of God, and especially when it comes to the difficult passages. Uh, so this is promoting growth in you. It's promoting growth in the congregation when you deal with controversial themes or subjects. Uh, but it was intended to be understood uh, in conjunction with uh, the rest of the book. So I think there's some you know, great benefits of sequential preaching. Amen. Talking to Joshua Banks today, Pastor Banks, and he is at Shepherd's Rock Bible Church, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Virginia, maybe? <laughs> well, we're in Kingsport. <laughs> so, jo- Joshua, tell us a little bit about the conference. It's called Deeply Rooted Conference. I think you had one last year and you're having one this year. How'd that conference all come together, and what's your role in that conference? And lastly, what is your message topic or, or, or passage or whatever you want to say? Absolutely. Um, it really started with um, the one gentleman in particular, Justin Bice, um, connecting with a number of, of us Reformed Baptists and wanting to you know, kind of network together, uh, get to know one another, because in our area, there are very few um, Reformed Baptist churches. Um, most are Southern Baptist, uh, more on the non-Calvinist side. And so um, he had us to come together for lunch and getting to know one another. Some of us were familiar with, with some in the group, but we were able to meet one another, uh, start building relationship. And then the idea came well, there's not many, you know, conferences in our area that are dealing with with the scripture or approaching the scripture from the point of view of, of Reformed or Calvinistic uh, Baptist. And so uh, we thought, you know, let's let's put on a conference. And that was really the idea of Justin Bice and Damon Joseph were the two that really, um, you know, wanted to go forward with that. And so we had it last year. And it went very well. You know, we had a number of the local guys uh, preaching, including myself. And and then, you know, this year we wanted to um, deal with the subject of assurance because I know I have folks in, in my church that struggle with assurance, as well as these other men and in, in their congregations. And then, you know, this is something that you've written on, that you've done a lot of, lot of uh, work on. And what would be better, you know, to start out really as we're moving forward in this conference with dealing with the assurance that we have in Christ, which then gives us a greater peace and a greater joy in the Lord. And so as far as my role, um, I'm just really one of the one of the speakers. Um, I help with, you know, some, some of the planning as some of the other guys do as well. But 
it's really us coming together and and you know tossing around some ideas um you know you have uh, a lot of wisdom when you have more people there to to throw out ideas and and to help this thing move forward um and so that's really how it began and how it's it's been moving forward since then uh, we just we want to give biblical truth we want to emphasize the the greatness of god and the assurance that we have in christ next year we plan on um having the conference on the holy spirit uh having a right understanding of the holy spirit the the genuine movings of the holy spirit um all for the purpose of helping people to grow uh in the true knowledge of god and in his word uh, the the passage of scripture that i'm that i'm going to be uh, preaching is in romans 4 uh, verses 1 to 8 is is right now what i'm what i'm studying for and <clears throat> i'm preaching through romans and this particular passage of scripture for me uh was was just very enlightening uh, very beneficial because he's dealing with you know talking to the the jews who believe themselves to be in right standing with god because of their heritage because of them having the law because they had circumcision and he really removes you know any assurance that they had you know in those things but they they had some some faulty views of of abraham for example and what paul says in romans 4 as he begins to talk about abraham our forefather according to the flesh as he says uh, that he wasn't justified by works that he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness and he's implying uh, to his jewish audience you know you have a really high view of abraham and you're you're trying to you know be justified by the works of the law as you believe abraham was but abraham needed to have righteousness credited to him because he didn't have any you know right and and so then he goes to david and he uses david as an example quoting from david and here you have David who wrote, you know, one of the longest Psalms on, on the law of God, longest chapter in the scripture that deals with the law of God and his love for the law of God and wisdom and keeping the law of God. But this is the same man that then says that, you know, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sin has been covered. You know, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. And so even the acknowledgement of David is I need a righteousness of not my own i need to be forgiven uh, and even though he had this great love for the law of god it was he understood that it was not enough and so when you have those two examples it really brings out that even the great saints that we look up to in the old testament especially you know were technically speaking ungodly men who were in need of a righteousness that was not their own well, now you're ruining all my flannel graph stories. When I was a kid, that David was always good. <laughs> do you guys do flannel graph stories still? I mean, where are those? That's probably a generation ago. You're probably too young to know about flannel graphs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> they used to have a, a flannel board in Sunday school rooms, and then you could put characters and backdrops, and you could make it like an ocean, or and you could have Jonah and a fish and tell the story with kind of props, and they were flannel and flannel sticks on flannel, and so... Uh, my older listener, listeners will understand it. <laughs> I'm excited for the topic. Assurance is such an important thing these days. It was Rome that took away assurance, right? They called it the sin of presumption. Mm -hmm. 
I'm looking at my notes for one of my messages there by Joseph Carl, 1653. And if people are interested in the topic of assurance and the conference, November 10th and 11th, 2023, that's this year, Kingsport, Tennessee, they can register at deeplyrootedpodcast.com. Here's the quote. The greatest thing that we can desire next to the glory of God is our own salvation. And the sweetest thing we can desire is the assurance of our salvation. In this life, we cannot get higher than to be assured of that which in the next life is to be enjoyed. All saints shall enjoy a heaven when they leave this earth. Some saints enjoy a heaven while they are here on earth. To me, that preaches. So we're going to talk about the doctrine of assurance. We even have a Presbyterian, I think. Sean Morris is going to show up. How'd you let him in? Uh you know, that was a Justin Bice thing. <laughs> but no, uh, he spoke very highly of this of this gentleman, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him. I haven't got to meet him yet. I haven't met him either, but I've been listening to PresbyCast, and once in a while, Brad, who hosts PresbyCast, will play Sean's sermons on the Ten Commandments. So I've been listening to him, and I feel like I've got to know him a little bit. Joshua, let's talk a little bit about your book. Uh, I know you've written a couple books. Talk about your more recent book, why you wrote it, and what's the reception, at least at, at your local church level. Um, it was actually, um, it started out as being my doctoral dissertation from the Master Seminary. And, you know, around here, um, and, it, and it, of course, may be the same, you know, in your area also, but when you begin to talk to folks about the doctrine of election, and and this and this is inevitably a conversation that that comes up, you know, when you meet new people, you know, what do you think about the doctrine of election? And and you have to pause for a minute and be like, are you sure you want to talk about this? But um, <laughs> but that, that's happened a few times. But uh, but when you get into those conversations, uh, you know the 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 response usually ends up being, well, what does it matter? Because it's not a salvation issue. And, and, you know, granted, it's not. It's, it's not a, a matter of, you know, you're saved or you're not saved, depending on whether you believe the, the Reformed or the, what we would understand as the biblical, you know, view of election. But it really, it, it sparked in me, you know, some thoughts of how to answer that. Well, it's not a salvation issue, but it, it has to matter because it's in the Scripture. And so I went back and began to to look through those passages that we often go to and seeing how it actually connects into some aspect of our growth in Christ or our, our overall sanctification, uh, the expression of our love, you know, et cetera. And, and so that's what I wanted to write a book on uh, or write the dissertation on because I've, I've seen a number of books um, that deal with the doctrine and um defending you know the the reform view against an Arminian view but to really see it you know how what's the practical aspect of this you know how, what's the practical outworking of this you know that's that's why I wanted to write it to show folks that this really does matter it does have an effect on you know our love for Christ and and our growth uh, and all of that because it's always tied to some aspect of our sanctification it's never just written you know in the scripture just to to write uh, that, you know, God chose us and then move on to something else. It's God chose us. And so this is to promote in you the praise of his glory. You know, God chose us. And now you have, you know, a basis for the, the character uh, that we have now in Christ based on, 
you know, what he did uh, and, and his grace in, you know, saving us. So there are so many passages there that deal with, you know, the doctrine of election and then connecting it into, now, this is the result of having this understanding. And, and you know, on, on uh, as far as our church level, you know, goes, um, you know, it have some great feedback, you know, um, from folks. It seems to be very helpful to them to see the importance of it, that it's not just taught in a vacuum. It, it really has, you know, a practical aspect to it as well. Um, some other folks that, that have uh, read the book um, have great, have, have had good feedback from them. Um, you know, you, you always have some that not so much, but, uh, but it seems like the, the, you know, for the most part that uh, it, it has been a benefit to folks. And, and that's all I ever wanted was just to, to be able to help and, and seeing the importance of this and, and the effect that it can have in our lives. Talking to Pastor Joshua Banks today, do you, when you introduce yourself to people, do you say, hi, I'm Dr. Joshua Banks? <laughs> You know, I don't think I've ever done that. Good, Good, because I was going to have to, as your former professor, I was going to have to get after you. Now, if somebody somebody else introduces you as that, that's fine. But we just don't self-introduce as, hi, my name is Dr. Mike. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm with you there. I feel very awkward. Uh, You know, I I think last year, uh, Justin... As he was introducing me from from my session, you know, he he said, you know, Dr. Joshua Banks, and and, and you know, you're, you're waiting to kind of walk over to the pulpit, and you're like, man, that that just feels very weird. <laughs> well, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get used to that. I know. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you face to face. The backdrop for the listeners, they probably don't know this. I'm sure Joshua does. I started my treatments for leukemia, and I just felt awful, and it just felt like everything was kind of closing in, couldn't really think. I was preaching, but that was about it. I would walk in kind of when the church service started, preach, then then walk out, and I thought, I just, I can barely get through the day, let alone fly to Tennessee. And so I called Justin, and he was super gracious, and he understood, and everything else, and I thought, I just, I just can't, I mean, I just felt horrible. Well, then the next day, it was like all of a sudden the light went back on and I could think and I thought, what am I doing? I'm not a canceler. I mean, this is an appropriate reason to cancel. So I called call them back and said, I uncancel. I just want you to know I normally, my yes is my yes and my no is my no. So uh, Josh, I don't know if uh, Justin told you that story or not, but I still plan on being there next Thursday. <laughs> well, no, I, we were super excited. Uh, uh, he, had, he had let us know that. Um, and, and all of us were, were thinking, you know, well, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, that, that takes a lot out of, out of you having to do those treatments and all of that. And, and so all of us were very, very understanding that he was able to share that with. And then I got excited once again, when we, when we, you know, heard that, yeah, you are coming. All right. Uh, so. <laughs> well, I normally don't get a lot of vaccines in my life. And because my immune system will be lower, they said, you need to get the RSV vax, the COVID vax, and the flu vax. And so I said no to RSV and no to COVID. But I talked to my other doctor, and he said, ah, you probably, it's okay if you get the flu shot, no big deal, 50-50. And I got it. And I think that's what did me and Joshua for five days, mm. add, add that to the cancer medicines. And that's what did me in. So I think that wore off. 
I'm never going to get another one. <laughs> that wore off, and then I could kind of think. And so I, I feel a little odd um, just in terms of not really dizzy, but just kind of weird. But I can think and work and, you know, I'm meeting with people again and preaching, and I get tired. That's okay. Um, Justin said he'd take me around and show me all the uh, tourist sites down there. I don't know what those mm-hmm. tourist sites are, but I'm ready to take a look at them. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I have to ask him where he's going to take you. I'm not, I'm not sure what he has in mind. <laughs> I know. Well, I think he said he'd take me about anywhere, but I, don't, I, I was looking, and I, you know, I guess maybe there's, I don't know, there's probably some fun place to eat or something like that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll have fun. I'm sure. Uh, thir- I'm sure it's very beautiful as well. Josh, in the time we have left, I want to ask you, what's your view of evangelicalism today? What do you think's good in modern mm-hmm. evangelicalism, and what's something you think is not so good? In other words, what are you encouraged by, and what do you think needs some shoring up? Um, I think, uh, well, I'll start with the thing that uh, probably concern, the, the biggest concern is is of course um, secularism and and how it affects the the young people. Um, watching videos of of various ones that are out street preaching and and all of that and seeing the just the the hostile reactions, but they're learning these things from the the universities and and you know you you think of you know for the ones that I've I'm, I'm aware of that have started out in the church. And then once they got to the university or they graduated high school and went on to their career of how they have, you know, left uh, the faith in that sense. Um, and you wonder what it is that's happening. And it's, you know, is, is it the churches that perhaps are not giving a solid foundation of the word of God? Is it the churches that are not answering the difficult questions that they may have and relegating everything to an act of faith, you know, those are things that concern me as far as the church's role in, in you know, preparing the young people for what they face, uh, you know, in, in the, the secular universities and all that. So I, I, I'm very concerned on that of, of churches, you know, striving to equip their young people and, and see that they are truly converted, you know, or, or trying to you know, equip them so that the Spirit of God, of course, is the one who converts, uh, but to do all that they can um, in hopes of that and in, in prayer of that. The the thing that I'm encouraged by is um, it seems that there is a lot, since COVID, there seems to be a lot of those that are rising up and um, really bringing everything, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you know, when it comes to the, the, the COVID vaccine, when it comes to the, the lockdowns and, and all of that, really emphasizing, it seems like it, it awoken a, uh, the, the giant of, of a lot of Christians, you know, the, the, the genuine Christians as a whole. And that's been very encouraging uh, to see that in the pushback and in, in the, the emphasis on the kingship of Christ and, you know, for the state, you're to be the state, we're the church, you don't tell us, you know, how we can operate. Um, I, I guess there's only one other thing that I, I suppose would be like a little bit of a concern, and that is, and, and mainly just in the reform camp. In um, reform, I'm very using that very generally, you know, with our Presbyterian brothers and sisters and the Baptist brothers and sisters, all of that. I think one of the things that concerns me is 
um, it seems like, you know, you, you have what what's going what was going on in Corinth. You know that I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Christ, I'm of Cephas, and and a lot of that seems to occur within the reform camps to some extent. Like we we base our fellowship uh, on with one another, you know, and depending on who our favorite theologians are. Um, you know, if, if you don't agree with my theologian that 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 I enjoy most, then you know, then that may affect our our fellowship. And it seems like all the subsets of the Reformed faith, whether or not you know you're you're this or you're that, or you sign that the document versus this document over here, and it's it seems to you know just be so many so many hoops to jump through as to who I can fellowship with, where do I fit in. Uh, and rather than than understanding that some of these things are just going to be secondary issues, but we can still get along regardless if I listen to your theologian or not, you know, um, that, that seems to be something that that is a concern. Well, Josh, I agree with you. It's a conversation I had with someone a few days ago, and I said, I think some of these things kind of occur because we have our inner fundamentalists pop out with second-degree separation issues, but theological issues. And so, oh, you don't believe this, that, or the other. Um, You read this guy, and therefore, since you read that guy, I don't like you and everything else. And I just think, (laughs) oh, it it is crazy. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I know Rome attacks us for some of these splinter things, but that's all right. We will keep preaching the truth, and I'm thankful for you and your ministry. If anyone wants to get a hold of Josh, I'm sure there's something on his website that you can get a hold of him, shepherdsrock.org, if you want to pull up some of the sermons. He's on Sermon Audio as well. And they probably have the 2022 Deeply Rooted Conference messages up online as well. And so, Mm -hmm. Joshua, I look forward to seeing your smiling face. (laughs) 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 I'm looking at the eight speakers. Let's see. I'm smiling, you're smiling. One, two... I think everybody's smiling. Even the Presbyterian, Sean, is even smiling. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. We make sure to get some good pictures off. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks yeah. for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, hearing you preach and meeting you in person. Pastor Joshua Banks, thanks for being on No Compromise Radio Ministry. Thank you for having me, sir.